Hello, I'm Stuart Hardy with All In Sports Outreach, and I'm excited about another episode of our podcast. As a reminder, we started this podcast last fall to highlight local stories of faith and sports. So today, you're going to hear from Justice Bean. Justice currently plays football for the Texas A&M Aggies. I met Justice just recently through a mutual friend and also on social media. He loves Jesus, lives unapologetic for him, very involved with Fellowship of Christian Athletes and pouring into young people, making Jesus known, using his platform of athletics. So I cannot wait for you to hear this conversation. So without further delay, let's jump right into it. Well, thanks for joining me today, Justice. So, oh, yeah, happy to be here. You bet. So let's start with uh, just you sharing a little bit about your background, you know, maybe about uh, where you grew up, a little bit about your family, what sports did you play growing up? Okay, yeah, so I'm from a little town uh, south of Tyler, uh, which is uh, called Frankston. It's about 1,200 people. There's more cows than people in my town. That's, that's <laughs> the funny part. Um, but, yeah, I grew up playing just about every sport there is, um, baseball, football, basketball, track, you know, whatever little games we made up in the backyard, I was playing it. Um, you know, I always loved to do, be outside and do athletic activities, hunt and fish and Anything outdoors was right where I wanted to be, um, which was, which was I was, you know, pretty happy about growing up in a small town because that's pretty much all there is to do. There's no, you know, big big things to do around there. So, um, yeah. Awesome. So, you know, I mentioned in the intro that you currently play football for Texas A&M. So, at what point um, in sports did you realize that, um, you know, you had a goal or the potential to play past high school? It was actually, it's pretty funny. It was pretty late in my career that I um, had decided I wanted to play in college. Uh, I was a junior in high school and, you know, I was, you know, performing well and, you know, had the stats and, you know, leading the state in in yards and touchdowns or whatever. And a lot of coaches started rolling through, um, you know, on social media and and through my high school. And um, that's when I really started to notice, um, that may I maybe actually have a chance to play, um, you know, at the next level. I um, mean, of course, part of it was because I had a, an awesome teammate uh, in Kendrick Rogers, who also plays here at Texas A&M. It's from my high high school. We were best friends growing up. Um, he attracted a lot of attention as well. You know, being six five, uh, two hundred pounds. You know, just big body receiver, just dominating uh, the outside. Um, so I think when coaches really started to notice together, and Kendrick was. Uh, started racking up offers I was like oh maybe I could start this whole um, wanting to play outside of college but um, before then I actually would tell college coaches when they would come through that I just didn't want to play football in college um, I remember telling uh, uh, several schools that I'm like I, that I just I'm so sorry I just don't really want to play sports in college I want to get my degree and go to medical school and be a doctor and and I just didn't really, you know, aspire to play sports. So it's actually kind of funny how late I actually started and ended up uh, at a place like Texas A&M. Wow. So, yeah, so how did you end up at A&M? Yeah, so uh, I went to a camp, um, and, and Kendrick and I Kendrick and I both went to the camp. Um, but, yeah, we, we had been in contact with the coaches for, for a while, and they wanted us to come up before they officially, I guess, um, gave us an answer on whether they wanted us to play here. Um Went to the camp, and I think I performed pretty well. You know, won some on a one-on-one, made some tough catches. Uh, and Kendrick did the same. And then after, um, 
after that, I guess they both called us on the way home and, and, and offered us a spot. So um, we were pretty happy about it. Um, and I think we always wanted to go somewhere together. We just didn't know that that was possible. And like I said, I didn't want to play anywhere until I was uh, dang near a senior. So um, I'm really grateful. Uh, I've always wanted to be an Aggie. I love Texas A&M. I love everything it stands for and the tradition. Um, my, my mother is an, uh, an Aggie as well, class of 95. So I grew up loving the Aggies. Um, but I never dreamed of playing on Kyle Field um, like I have been the past two years. It's truly been a blessing. Yeah, that's a, quite the uh, quite the environment to, to play in. It is. It's so loud. I mean, 100,000 people chanting and screaming and, you know, all in unison doing the yells and, and the swinging of the world. It's pretty incredible. It's, a, it's, it's the best atmosphere in college football. Absolutely. I was able to experience it this last fall. Um, I grew up in Alabama. Um, I, I hesitate to bring up the game, but I was there with a friend at the Auburn game. and But just being there in person, um, it gives it a whole different perspective versus – you know, hearing about it or seeing it on TV, it's it's truly an, an amazing experience and one that, you know, I think any college football fan should try to do. Absolutely. I, I always encourage people to make a game. Of course, I don't have enough tickets to hand out to everyone, but uh, if, if anyone can make a game, I think it's well worth your time and money. It's, it's an incredible place. Uh, and people say it's really loud, but um, I think all the sound meets in the middle on the field, and it's, it's way louder down there. It's, it's truly incredible. Wow. You know, so it it has been an interesting offseason for the Aggies. So I want to ask you from a player's perspective, what's it like going through a coaching change? Um, you know, anxiety. Um, I mean, how do you, as a player, how do you deal with the, the uncertainty? Yeah, so I think as a player, you just have to buy into uh, the new staff, buy into what Texas A&M um, what your athletic director is trying to do with your program. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's the biggest thing is regardless of what's happening on the outside, I think it's it's an internal matter uh, within yourself that uh, you have to decide uh, that you're going to be who you are going to be. You're going to act the way you're going to act. And like Coach Fisher says, you're going to control what you can control. Mm. So I think you get that under uh, under control. I think that's really when you start to buy into the program and, and buy into whatever uh, new comes your way, um, like a new staff, a new offense, a new defense, a new uh, special teams, no matter what that is, when it comes your way and you, you have that mental toughness to say, okay, this is what's going on and this is how I'm going to respond. I think that's uh, truly uh, what really gets you going. Yeah, that's a, good, that's a lesson for anybody. Um, outside of athletics as well, you know, control what we can control. That's good. So I need to ask, I mean, NFL draft is this week. Um, you mentioned earlier about um, you didn't think you wanted to play football beyond high school, want to just go on to be a doctor. Uh, do you, now that you're experiencing college football, do you have any uh, career goals or plans to look at football post-college? Um, and also, you know, are you still – pursuing being a doctor that's funny um actually no i don't uh i don't actually have any goals to play football after college Mm -hmm. um not that it isn't possible or not that it isn't um you know something that's achievable because i believe anyone who works hard enough and puts in the time can you know accomplish whatever they want to accomplish um but no i actually changed my career path as well i came to and wanted to go to med school and wanted to be a doctor 
Um, I just really felt like I was doing it because um, it was what is expected of me coming from a line of uh, doctors and dentists and lawyers. And, Mm. uh, you know, I felt like it was expected of me. And so I, you know, my first year and a half at Texas A&M, I pursued medical school. Um, And recently, uh, I'd say within the past eight months, I changed my major uh, to a more general major and more business-focused major um, because I wanted to pursue nonprofit ministry um, in other areas of the world. Um, It's something that's been laid on my heart, and I think I spent a lot of time in prayer about. um, I really, really feel like God was pulling me in a different direction, you know, and not chasing something. Chasing something that was just was material and maybe in, in, in a high paying job or a um, you know a high respected or, or a well noted job, um, but I think when when God really showed me that there's more to this life that that you can truly love what you do, I think that's when I changed and when I uh, my heart was gravitated towards nonprofit and towards ministry, um, and I think uh, one of the big deciding factors in that is our uh, 2017. Uh, trip to Haiti, 2016 trip to Haiti, excuse me, um, or it was 2017, trip to Haiti as a, a student-athlete. Uh, I, uh, myself, and, and about 60, 60 other student-athletes um, took a trip with the organization uh, Mission of Hope Haiti, mm-hmm. um, al- along with uh, the school, Texas A&M, you know, funded by donations, of course, because we're all athletes and we can't accept uh, personal uh, money, but uh, we took that trip for a week to to, to Haiti and, uh, you know, just transformed uh, the lives, not only in the people of Haiti, but in the people uh, that, that actually took the trip. We thought we were going over there to make a change. I think there was a true change in all of us, and it really gave us a new perspective. Um, you know, there's, there's more to life than, than just being fat and happy and, and um, you know, doing what you want to just, you know, going around and, like I said, doing what you want to do, which is um, – you know the American the American standard here is is we just see ourselves as so um, you know victimized and 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 you know not living a full potential life, but we go over there and see the dude the, the, the people are drinking out of out of buckets and trying to catch rainwater so they can shower and, and it's just the craziest thing. And so I think um, that whole road has kind of led me to a cross path where I could choose to keep going and to push through. Um, and do something that I was, you know, felt forced to do, or I could, you know, take that right turn and, and see where God could take me after that. Wow, that's good. Wow, that's quite the career path. And actually, when I uh, wrote down that question, I had no idea um, where it was going to go. That's a good segue into um, to talk about your faith a little bit. You brought up about pursuing God and this career change. Um, so talk about your faith journey for a minute. I mean, at what point did you realize... Um, that you needed a personal relationship with Jesus. It wasn't anything that your family or um, church membership could do for you. It's a it's a personal relationship. Yeah. So um, I mean, I I grew up in the church. Uh, the church doors are open. I was probably there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think God came to me at a younger age. You know, I don't I don't think uh, uh, salvation or or saved is something that you do. It's something that uh, God decides to do in you, and it's something God gravitates you to. And, and when he makes that call, I guess you should answer. But mm-hmm. um, like I said, I answered at the young age of seven. It was a few days after my birthday, in fact. Um, I remember sitting in my room and just feeling this overwhelming just pull on my heart. And I just knew it was time to, to that, that there was nothing I could do other than just accept Christ in that moment because um, I knew that I needed him to 
to go through life, to, to live the life that I wanted to live. And it's crazy that at such a young age, I just, I realized that. Um, but also a fault of accepting Christ at a young age is that you don't fully understand what's coming in life. You don't fully understand the circumstances. That's right. Um, you know, which, which is evident, you know, through all the way through high school is, um, you know, you grow up going through highs and lows and you, you're high on Christ and you're, and you're low on Christ and, and you forget about God and you, and you push God to the side when you think you have it on your own and then you finally realize you can do nothing and you have nothing and finally you make that rise on Christ again. So I think that's kind of how my life went through uh, middle school and high school. It's just really, um, it's really up and down with Christ. It's not something that, um, you know, it's, it's, you want to be proud of, but it's something that it's part of the process of growing and part of the process of sanctification. Um, um, in high school, I really wasn't the person I really wanted to be, aspired to be that I wanted to look like Christ, but I just didn't act that way. Um, and I think it wasn't until my late senior year that I really decided, like, I'm about to move to college. My life is about to completely change. I'm going to live 200 miles away. My parents aren't going to be there. I'm not going to have the same friends. I'm about to get a new, fresh start. And so this is the point where I need to decide, am I going to be this person or I'm going to be the the person Christ wants me to be? And I remember moving uh, to college, you know, first night down at college, just feeling so alone because, um, you know, you you don't know what to expect. You're the only one there. You you know, you have a roommate. Kendrick, Kendrick is my roommate, of course. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have a roommate, and then after that, you know, really, there's there's not much else. It's all you're all on your own. And so I remember praying uh, many many nights uh, for God to come, the Lord of my life. Mm. That's another thing. I think I think when God saves you, when when Jesus saves you, that that's one thing, and that's a wonderful, beautiful thing, the best decision that, that could ever be made. But I think when Jesus truly becomes the Lord of your life is when when, when the change begins to happen, when, when your mind is transformed, when your, when your body starts reflecting Christ, when you, when the Holy Spirit starts to truly begin that work in you, when you're saved and when, when your Lord, the Lord becomes the Lord of your life. And when you allow that to happen, um, you truly see the change. And so, um, all into my freshman year, of course, I get to college and, and I just have this decision to make, you know, am I going to be the partier? Am I going to be, you know, the, the alcoholic? crazy dude? Am I going to, you know, be the, this and that? Am I going to chase the worldly things or am I going to chase a higher calling? Am I going to chase the eternal crown like it talks about in first Corinthians? Um, and so finally I made that decision that, that, that I was just going to be a Christ follower. I was going to be like Jesus. I wanted to reflect Jesus. And, and no matter what I do, I just want Jesus to be in the center of it. I want to be Jesus to be at the head of it. Um, of course I haven't been perfect in college. I don't think anyone has been perfect ever for a, a longer period of time. Um, I don't know who holds my future for sure. Amen. I think, uh, yeah, I think Jesus is just the greatest thing. I, I wish I could tell everyone, anyone who will listen. Amen. I, you know, I kind of identify with that. I grew up in the church, and but it wasn't until um, late teen years that I really understood, you know, what mm-hmm. what a relationship with Jesus meant. And like you, you know, kind of had those ups and downs, and you know, and but once you truly make him Lord of your life is when I, I agree is when it truly you do, you transform just everything about you. Um, and that's, you know, I just think that's a whole nother, we could, that's a whole nother conversation on, um, discipleship, sanctification. We won't even go there. This is faith in sports, but, uh, anyway, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a good word. So, um, let me ask you this. What's the greatest challenge of being a student athlete um, and living 
living as a Christian? Is it any added pressure? Um, you know, I know there's got to be a lot of challenges because of um, not everybody that you spend most of your time with is living the same way as you. So what would you say for you as your, as a challenge? Um, and I think the biggest challenge is your time. Mm. Uh, the, the relationship with the Lord requires time spent with him, time, time spent in his presence and time spent in his word. Um, and I know as a student athlete, especially in, in season, you'll wake up at five for workouts. You'll go to class from eight, somewhere anywhere between eight and two, uh, you'll squeeze two meals in there, um, and then in, in your taping and meetings will start uh, at one thirty, and and you'll be in position meetings by at least two thirty, three o'clock, um, and won't be home from practice until um, eight eight thirty. Wow! And you have to, and you have to squeeze homework in there somewhere as well. Um, and so I know that's I mean that's in season of course, and in fall camp it's it's that minus the homework. Um, but yeah, I think the time is the biggest challenge is, is, is you're a full-time student at the same time as being a full-time athlete. And of course, uh, places like, you know, Texas A&M provide you with as much support as you can. You know, we get the tutors and we get the um, nutrition, excuse me, the, the academic center mm-hmm. and, and all the computers. And, you know, we get the help we need, um, you know, to be able to stay on top of our classes. Um, but at the same time, it's, uh, you know, that's not our biggest focus. I think our biggest focus should be on the Lord. And I think I want that extra time for the Lord, not that extra time, um, you know, to be with myself. And so the biggest challenge is, is, is being so tired from practice and being so tired from, from the work and from, and from being awake all day to sit down at night and, and, and get an hour in his word or get an hour and a half in, in prayer, you know, something like, along the lines of that. And, um, that's definitely the biggest challenge for me. Um, another challenge would be, of course, like you mentioned, uh, you know, not everybody around you is, is living the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, being a student, being a student athlete, um, you know, you meet a whole bunch of different people. I mean, we have players from Florida, Louisiana, California, um, you know, Washington, DC, we have players from all over the place. Um, and I think that's uh, truly great uh, that, you know, that we get the, di- the kind of diversity on the team, but at the same time, you have a whole different bunch of different perspectives um, we have a bunch of different um, believing uh, people. We have a bunch of different um, athletes that just want to, you know, act a certain way, which is completely fine. And, and, and I show love in, in every aspect um, that I can. And I try to never um, discriminate or try to never um, shun away from any type of, of relationship with any of these guys because I love my teammates to death. Uh, but it's truly hard to stay at uh, your goal when it's completely not the popular thing to do. Mm-hmm. Wow. I can't, I mean, just going through that daily schedule you just talked about, I can't imagine. Um, yeah, it's you know, awful. Yeah. Um, but love it at the same time. Yeah. So, is there a team, do y'all have a team Bible study um, that y'all are a part of that's led by um, a team chaplain or another player? Is that, do y'all, do y'all have that? Well, we do have a full-time uh, team uh, chaplain, uh, Mikado Henson. He's actually uh, probably one of my mentors in my life, a person that I've looked up to since I've gotten here, um, a person that really pushes me in my faith. And, mm-hmm. and like it says in Proverbs, you know, iron sharpens iron. And that's, that, that's a man that uh, has truly showed me what it's like to be, um, you know, a man of faith, a man of God. Um, but besides that, we have uh, a FCA, yep. uh, which, is, which is pretty prominent in most colleges uh, around here, I would say. 
uh, Fellowship of Christian Athletes. That's on Monday nights. And then uh, Tuesday, there's actually a school, a, a Texas A&M wide uh, Bible study held at Reed Arena. Oh, that's right. Um, yeah. That I go to. Um, yeah. And that's, that's truly been a, a good time of reflection, a good time uh, just to sit down at night. And it's, it's late at night, too, so you so it's, you know, not in the way of anything. Um, you, you, you could get, get time to go to it. Um, and that's truly the time where I can sit down and, and, and just reflect uh, on myself and God's presence and, and, and get a little worship in while doing so. Um, another uh, teammate of mine, Coda Martin, uh, I'm sure you've heard of him. He's pretty popular. Mm-hmm. Um, he's actually transferring to Syracuse this uh, next semester, so I hope uh, the best for him. But uh, he actually had led a Bible study in the season uh, on Thursdays, kind of during uh, kind of during uh, the, our, our dinner time, like mm-hmm. post practice, uh, doing dinner, and just kind of eat, and, and we kind of go over there and talk. Um, but that's kind of frustrating sometimes because um, you know only three or three to four kids out of you know the 125 on our team would actually go over there. Yeah, um, and so it's frustrating to see it sometimes. But but yeah, so we we definitely. Have have made time for Jesus and have and have tried to get a our fix in of of, of the word, um, you know. But like I said, it's a huge challenge being a student athlete. Yeah. So during the season, do y'all have like a, a chapel for the lack of better terms? You know, on game day or night before the game, is that a part of uh, during the season? Yeah. So it's it's after breakfast on game day. Okay. We, uh, no matter like whatever hotel we're staying in at the time, um, we'll you know eat our breakfast and then one of the conference rooms, uh, Mikado will uh, either lead chaplain or, or Mikado's really good. He has a lot of connections. He's bringing a, a, a lot of uh, guest speakers, and so we brought in uh, Andre Ward, the boxer. We brought in uh, some like a pastor from New York, a pastor from Seattle. We brought, we brought in like several different people. Um, you know, but but not last resort. But if Mikado feels like he wants to speak that week, then he will. And yeah. he's done a great job with that. That's awesome. So I mean, it's nice, you know, as a as an outsider to hear the opportunities that you that you know are there to you know for a believer to you know to be around other believers and to grow. That's good. You mentioned uh, FCA, um, and you know, in our when we talked a couple weeks ago and exchanged messages, you mentioned that you volunteer. Um, at the camps, and kind of one way I got connected with you was through uh, Brian Baca was on a, um, a a podcast a couple weeks ago, and you know he talked a lot about the FCA camp that's held there at A and M, and you know that, that being the highlight of his summer of going to serve there, and you mentioned you served there, so talk about serving with FCA, and you know why you make that a part of your life um, when you know school is busy. You know, so in the summer, making time to pour into young people. Yeah, so I remember being uh, an athlete in in middle school and high school, um, and you look up to the college athletes with a great amount of respect. And you, um, you know, no matter how popular they are, how um, you know how big, how fast, you just know that they play in college and that they're you know they're cool people. So um, you you want to look up to them and 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 be them. And, and I remember you know being a kid. Just, just looking at, you know, Texas A&M players and players across the, the country and just being like, wow, like those dudes are so cool. Like I want to be like them. So when you reflect on that and then you're put in the position to where kids are looking up to you in the same way you look at the kids, I think it's only uh, right that you give back. I think it's 
um, you know, in your, in your duty that you should, um, you know, make an effort to, to give back and to pour back into these kids. Um, I was given an opportunity to be a huddle leader at FCA camp, uh, actually right here at Texas A&M. So I knew the, the grounds pretty well. And, uh, we, <laughs> it, it was, it was super fun. We had to go stay in some of the dorms with like, you know, 200 kids or whatever. And, um, you know, we had a dorm room, had to stay up late and make sure they were staying in our rooms and stuff. And, it didn't get pretty rowdy at times, but uh, it was all completely worth it, um, especially with my huddle. Um, you know, huddle 17, um, I still remember, uh, you know, all the kids' names, and, and, and I keep up with them on social media, with Snapchat, and, and uh, I just remember pouring back into them and having that time of of, uh, of reflection, you know, during the day, you know, after the drills and after the, the meeting and the, and the more drills and, and all that stuff just to sit down at night with those guys in a circle and just kind of answer some of the questions, the same kind of questions that I would have, um, as a high schooler, as a middle schooler, um, and, and just, and just pour back into these kids and, and tell them that, that it, it's the cool thing to do to, you know, be a Christian student athlete. It's, it's not always going to be the popular thing, but for sure it's the, uh, the eternal thing, the right thing to do. And so, um, I think it's only right that we give back and, and that's for any athlete. Yeah, absolutely. And you kind of alluded to the fact that athletics is a platform. Um, you know, that's a whole another debate as well among, among some people, but it's a platform that can be used for good or for bad. So I'm going to ask you to, you know, maybe to offer some advice to a student athlete or a coach that's listening. We have a lot that listen to this podcast and, um, it's no secret that it's now is not the easiest time to live out your faith in school. Um, so what advice would you offer a student athlete or a coach that, you know, really wants to be bold, um, with their faith in school today? Uh, great question. Um, I think I, if I was to give any amount of advice, I would say to truly devote yourself to prayer. Mm. Um, for me, uh, in high school and, and middle school, of course, um, I didn't know if I truly uh, believed in the power of prayer. I think, you know, that's kind of hard to admit, you know, being a Christian and not, um, you know, truly believing that prayer can change much. Um, of course, that's something I've, I've gotten over and, and have dedicated myself to. Um, but I think prayer is is the most powerful tool that you, that you can have. And, and, and um, you know, this other than the Holy Spirit, you know, just that one-on-one time with God, one-on-one time with Jesus, um, you know, to just speak. And it's not, it's not a lifeline to where you call and, and give them, you know, your needs and, and, and you tell them what you want, you know, you want a million dollars or whatever. But it's a time of real conversation to where you can take um, your heart and basically pour it out to God. And I think that's a huge part of uh, living out your faith and, and um, you know, just going out through your daily life. And uh, you said, um being a student athlete, the platform, and uh, I don't want to get too off track, but I just, um, you know, if there's people who are, you know, are not athletes that are listening to this, um, you know, we student athletes are just people like y'all too. Mm. We're just, we're all the same here. We just happen to play sports. I'm sure y'all can um, do hundreds of things better than we can. We just happen to be, um, you know, gifted with the ability of sport. And I know a lot of times, especially on um, Twitter and social media, um, student athletes are, are you know, tweeted at like we're animals and, and we're just, we're cussed at and, mm-hmm. and, and talked bad to. And it's, and it's really hard to, uh, to go on social media and stay positive. And, and, uh, I know we give ourselves a bad rep sometimes with, uh, um, with certain players or certain people, you know, doing, doing bad things, uh, off the field. But, 
Um, you know, I just want to just want everyone to know that that there's no that just because we're student athletes does not mean we're any better uh, or any worse than uh, you know the general population. Um, with that being said, I know we are set held to a higher standard since the school is paying for us and um, you know just giving us an opportunity to represent the school on and off the field, and that's okay. You you accept that higher standard when you sign that paper. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that higher standard, I know we're called to be, um, you know, a, a good representative of the university, um, which is, you know, completely understandable. And so, um, you know, like I said, the platform is nice, but at the same time, the platform um, does require us to act out in a good way. And I think um, acting in a good way is the easiest way to do that is just to keep strong in your faith. Because if you're going to act, you know, right for Jesus, if you're going to follow Jesus, then you know, Jesus doesn't say anything to do anything that's, you know, outside of the fa- outside of the normal to do. So, um, yes, yeah, just stay strong in prayer, stay, stay strong with your faith in the Lord, and, and just keep following Jesus and everything will fall into place. Man, that's a great reminder on prayer because um, so many times, I mean, I struggle with it. Prayer is, I think, something that a lot of people struggle with, and it's because um, a lot of times we just get in this routine of things are going well, and so it just becomes of when things are bad, we have this wish list. But you're right, it's it's that relationship. And I think a lot of times we take for granted prayer and don't really see yeah. see the power. That's good. Yeah. That's awesome. So what's? Uh, let me ask you this. Uh, what's um, your favorite scripture? Uh, you know, maybe some God's teaching you right now, a scripture is kind of your go-to right now, and um, and why would that be your favorite? Um, so my favorite verse is James 2.19. Um, I like this verse because I feel like it's a little sarcasm. Uh, James, brother of Jesus, is, um, it wrote the book, of course. It's actually my favorite book in the Bible. The verse mm-hmm. says, uh, you believe in one God, good. Even the demons believe and shudder. Mm. So it's not, it's not enough just to believe in God because, there are people that believe in God, and like the, you know, like the scripture says, that the demons believe in God. Um, but to live out your faith and to act out your faith and to truly follow Jesus is a whole other story than believing. Um, that's the reason I love that verse. Um, but yeah, another thing the Lord is teaching me right now. So I just went through uh, the Book of Acts recently, um, which is a, which is a phenomenal book. I encourage everyone to read uh, Acts uh, as soon as they can. Um, it's actually Luke wrote Acts. Uh, and it's about the early uh, advancement of the church mm-hmm. after Jesus uh, after Jesus leaves the twelve and, and gives them the Holy Spirit. Um, then they go out and the church just booms from there, and they just start spreading their faith and spreading their faith and and, and preaching Jesus. And, and of course, they get persecuted all at the same time. But it's just uh, seeing the church grow in action, um, which is it's truly remarkable to me how the church uh, started. Um, and another fact is that, is that people uh, did not – Christians did not name themselves. That's pretty evident. Um, they were called people of the way. Mm. So where, Christ, where the name Christian came from is how other people identified them. And so um, I think it's super cool. It's like it's, we really shouldn't call ourselves Christian. Other people should be, be able to identify themselves or identify us as Christians by how we live our lives. Wow. Um, and I think that's I think that's something that uh, that Acts has shown me, and that God has been showing me through His Word and and through prayer. And so, yeah. Hey, I echo um, 
what you said about the book of Acts and encouraging people to read it. We're going through um, in our small group, Bible fellowship group at our church, we're going through the book of Acts. We started last fall and we're um, just finishing up, heading into chapter 27 on the home stretch right now. But man, if you really yeah, take the time and dive into the book of Acts, it'll really change, it'll change you. Um, yeah. You truly understand um, the purpose of the church, the history of the church, and what it means to truly follow Christ and and take the gospel in every aspect of our life. That's good. It's been something that I've I've been, like I said, been going through for the last couple of months, and it's um, I've just changed the whole way I view things. Um, I've heard Acts, read the book before in the past, but I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's kind of what's going on in our culture right now or what, but um, it really is a powerful book, so that's good. Yes, sir. That's awesome, man. Uh, I had one more question, but I think you've already answered it. It was about what does it mean to be um, all in your walk with Christ. And what I took away from our conversation, you can add to it, but was uh, stay in constant prayer, the power of prayer, and just um, just stay close to Jesus. Yeah. Um, man, I've touched on a lot. Um but yeah, so I mean, it still talks about in James that, that faith without works is dead, and mm. and I think it's great. But I don't like to talk about the works as much as I like to talk about the love of Jesus and how it's how it's inescapable. Wow. Um, there's nothing that that anyone can do, um, no matter who they are, um, that can escape the love of Jesus. Um, like it says in Romans that that there's nothing in all of the world um, that can separate you from the love of God, and so. Um, I think it's just a great reminder to know that, that it's going to be it's going to be hard sometimes to hold on, to hold on to your faith, to stick to your routine, to pray, to read the Bible. It's going to be very hard sometimes, and and we're not always going to get it done. And and like it says in Romans three, we all fall short. And so it's just it's just good to know that God is still holding on to us. God is still holding on to me, and God is still holding on to those who love Him. And so, um, you know, it doesn't matter what you do, what you're going through in life, like. God is not going to abandon you. God is not going to um, run away from you. He's not going to be um, too angry to talk to you. God's not going to shun you away. God's going to be there for you. And, um, you know, like an anchor, you know, God's holding us down and he's, and he's holding us still. And so even when we are not strong enough to, to do the works, we're not strong enough to hold on, or not strong enough to have the faith, our faith isn't enough. Um, God is strong and God is enough. And God is the way and the truth in your life. No one goes to the front of the human faith. Um, no matter what circumstance you're going through, it's just know that God is there and God will always be there for eternity. Um, and there's no better thing in this world than a relationship with him. Man, that's awesome. That's a great, great word. Great kind of great way to wrap this up and put a bow on it. I appreciate that. I, and I know you're busy, so I thank you for taking the time to, to join me today. I've been encouraged, um, just by these, few moments we've had together and I know many of the listeners have and just know that um I know I'll be praying for you um y'all just come out of spring ball getting ready to you know have maybe a little bit of time off but as you start the summer and and serve and get geared up for the fall that you know just pray for you that you do um remain strong and healthy and continue to proclaim Christ boldly I appreciate you I appreciate you for calling um I've been encouraged, and I thank you for what you're doing with this podcast. You bet. And lastly, um, I just want to thank the listeners who listen. Um, as we always say on every podcast, you can um, stay in touch with us on our social media pages, Facebook, 
on Twitter. Um, also our website, www.allinsportsoutreach.org. Um, thank you, and we ask you to share this with your family and friends. So until next time, thank you.